straight after that, if Gordo would like to come forward and read Luke 4, 1 to 13, and that's on page 1017, if you want to put a finger in the market. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who come to him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, he will be saved. Good day. Uh, Luke 4, 1-13 Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of Man, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me... It will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Thanks, Gordon. Let's pray for Damo uh, as he comes to bring us to it. Father, we just lift Damo to you and... Uh, just pray that you just give him clear thought and mind and uh, that you open our hearts, to Father, to receive what you have for us today. And just pray you bless your word to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to Damo. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again. Um, and to those that are online watching, um, just so you know, the tables are there for you to draw on during our sermon. We had a couple of people walk in late. Good to have you here with us. Throughout this service, I want to give you time to pause and to draw. Time to pause and to have a think about the three things that we're going to be talking about today, um, which are going to be relating to our props that we've got here. We've got a credit card, we've got a star, and we've got a crown. Credit card, a star, and a crown. Um, I know for me, I'm a creative type. It's inherent in the way that God has made me. Uh, it reflects the creativity of God as I be creative. And so as we're speaking today, we're going to give you guys the opportunity to 
draw a credit card. We're going to give you the opportunity to draw a star, and we want to give you the opportunity to draw a crown. Okay. Um, for those that are at the back, feel free to pull one of those tables towards you so that you can actually draw on that butcher's paper as we write. As we're speaking, I want to give you the chance to change your mind, change your mind about religion, what God might have for you this morning. On my news feed this week, as I was scrolling through, I saw a line that I thought was very funny. And the line said, tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Tradition is peer pressure from dead people. You know, so you might go, no, no, I'm here to listen to the word of what Damo might be telling me from God. And I want to be paying full attention. But actually, God is bigger than that from what's speaking to me. He might be speaking to you as you draw as well. So just want to let you know that that's okay this morning. And what we're going to do, we're going to draw these objects, the crown, the star, and the present. Because as we get into our text, Luke 4, verses 1 to 13, it's interesting to see the things that the devil would give to us as a potential thing to take our eye off the ball, to take our eye off what God wants for us. And the devil didn't just tempt us, he tempted Jesus with them as well. And these temptations are ongoing today. As we get into it, Luke 4, you know this idea of the devil, right? Absolutely, the devil exists. Yeah, everybody say, yeah, the devil exists. We all know it, right? The early church fathers, when they preached in the very beginning, they preached on three different things. Those three things that they said that were around that we need to watch out for. Those three things were the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've got to watch out for the world, the flesh, and the devil. And here we have, in Luke 4, a conversation where Jesus is talking to the devil in person. And as those Hebrew readers are reading these texts, as those disciples are reading, um, they would be seeing Jesus talking to a person in the flesh, being tempted by a person in the flesh. For us today, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil, the world refers to those that are outside of ourselves. The flesh... That is our own desires that are causing us problems. And then, of course, we have the devil embodied or devil personified, which I would take to be the principalities and powers of the world that we're up against today. Does that all make sense so far? Yeah, good. Okay, so we're going to get into Luke 4, verses 1 to 3, and we're going to get into these ideas of the crown, the present, and the credit card. We're going to start with the present. What present? I don't have a present here. Crown, present. Oh, present. There it is. Credit card. If you don't want to draw a credit card, you can draw a box like a Christmas present, whatever it is. This uh, is all about things that I want. Things that I want. The crown is the next thing we're going to get to. And this is um, power. This is power. I have the power. Okay? And then the last thing is I want to be a star. I want to be famous. These are the three things that Jesus was tempted with as he uh, went through his trial in the wilderness. And I think these temptations are the same for us today. I'm not sure if you'd agree with that. Everyone nod your head if you agree. We all have these temptations. Temptations of the things that I want. Temptations of maybe I'm the one that needs to be in charge. Or maybe temptations of, hang on a second, I want people to look at me because I want to be the centre of attention, the centre of famousness. Does that make sense so far? Good. Let's get into it. Um, things I want. These three temptations are the credit card. Um, the first temptation that we have is to use all that we have to get all that we want. And this was the same for what Jesus went through as he was tested. Um, it's me focused. I want to be the most important. 
Jesus' first temptation here, the, the devil offered him, was to be sure to have enough. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was there 40 days, tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Do we have enough? Moses, Moses forced, fasted 40 days and nights before he got the Ten Commandments from uh, up on the hill. Uh, the nation of Israel wandered in the wilderness 40 years. Um, for those that know that we're in the season of Lent, this is the season that leads up to Easter. You have 40 days uh, where you can be like Jesus in the desert. You can be like Moses. You can be like um, the Israelites wandering in a way of taking time for yourself to say, actually, I don't need what it is that I want. I'm going to go without. Lent is a period where you go without those first fruits, those things that we offer or that are the best um, that we have, I haven't brought a peach, but our peach tree on our um, on our property is just amazing. It makes beautiful peaches. This, of course, is a tomato. Can you have a tomato? I'm going to throw fruit at the audience again. There it is. Um, the first fruits of our labour. What is it that's over and above the top of what we make? Maybe for me it's coffee. I go out and I buy myself a coffee every second or third day during the week. Hang on a second. If I do that every second or third day, do I remember that actually this is something that's important or this is something that's really nice that I have. Maybe for a period I can go without that and therefore when I have it again I'll remember how nice it is. And that's what Lent's about in a sense, to go without, to say actually I don't need what the thing is that I want. I don't need it. And here the devil says to Jesus, he says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Tell this stone to become bread. Jesus could have gone and he could have done it. He's got the first fruits. He's got all the power. He could have done it in an instant. But hang on a second. Is Jesus here some cheap magician? Is Jesus here somebody who just uh, does sleight of hands? You know, perhaps it's like Moses who turns the staff into a stake. Exodus 7. You know, but hang on a second. Jesus here. Jesus is greater than this. He doesn't need to show off his power. He doesn't need to have all the cool things to know where he's at in his life. He knows who he is and how he is without needing the stuff. Inherently settled, inherently content in himself. How cool is that? Man, I want to be like that. Do you want to be like that? devil says to him, if you are the son of man, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus' response to this temptation is to remind himself that a life centred on being sure that we get all the things that we want and need, it's not much of a life. Maybe it'll be a lonely life, maybe it'll be an unhappy life, even if we do get all the things. If we get all the things, we'll, have, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be happy. Hang on, that's a lie. If we get all the things... All the things doesn't make us necessarily happy. Contentment comes from knowing who we are. Jesus answered him, he said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Jesus here, the good rabbi, he uses scripture to return fire to the devil in this conversation. This is very, imagine Jewish people sitting around having conversations, uh, rabbis talking to one another, uh, talking scripture. 
backwards and forwards, throwing it backwards and forwards. Jesus here absolutely nails it, knows how he can respond to these people, knows how he can um, uh, you know, talk the talk of a rabbi. Man, later on, you've got the Jewish people there, the, the rabbis, and he uses scripture against them when he says, hang on a second, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Tradition is good, but actually, what's better? We've got to keep searching out what it is that God has for us in this context, in this time, in this moment. And Jesus used the scripture where he needed it for the devil, and he used it again when he saw that the church wasn't headed where he wanted it to go. So Jesus is not just some magician able to conjure bread out of thin air. He's not someone who's content just to know the scripture. He wants to actually unpack the meaning behind the scripture. And when he uses his power, man, that power is going to have purpose. When we look at the Deuteronomy reading, uh, we see the Israelites bringing the first things they make, the first and best portion of the crops, they give it to God. They go without for a time to remember what the best and nicest things are. And so as you're drawing on your table today and you draw either a present or you're drawing in the card, I want you to think about what is something that you want desperately? Oh, I want this. Maybe actually it's time to give that over to God because you don't actually need it, potentially. Or if you're drawing a present, um, think about, hang on a second, how can I use this for God? As we, as we put in our offering buckets earlier, what is the gift that we are? What is the gift that we are? And we're going to give that back to God. So when we use the money that we have, the first fruits of our labour, what will be its purpose? Will it be to satisfy me or will it be to satisfy others? Will I buy the present for myself? Will I actually give what I have to somebody who needs it more than me? Will I be content in my situation? That's the present. That's the credit card. That's part one. Are you all with me so far? Everyone say yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Part two, the crown. Let's get into the crown. Okay, everyone draw a picture of a crown if you've got the table in front of you. Um, write or draw a picture of times when people can use their power to do good. Write or draw a picture of a time when you have power and you can use it to do good. The devil led Jesus up to a high place, this is verse 5, and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it'll be all yours. What a whopper. What an absolute whopper. The second temptation is to be the king of the world, to get one's own way. In responding to this temptation, Jesus completely ignores the fact that he would have actually been the best king of the world of all time ever. Instead, he actually says, hang on a second, I'm not the king. I'm not the king, not yet. Do you know who the king is? God's the king. God's the one who needs the, the homage. God's the one that needs to be bowed down to. And therefore, instead, he insists he's not the king. He says, therefore, he will obey God's rules and do God's will. And we are called to do the same. Sometimes we're, we're tempted to make everyone play the game that we want to play. No, it's got to be my way, my way. Uh, go to our favourite restaurant. Come on, let's, go to, let's all go where I want because I'm in charge. Or sometimes it's, uh, no, you have to watch the same television show as me. 
we're all going to watch the same channel on TV. For those that still watch TV. The truth of the matter is, the world doesn't belong to the devil to give it away. It doesn't belong to you or me to give away. The world belongs to who? Everyone say it out. God. John 12 calls the devil the prince of the world. The prince of the world. Not the king, the prince of the world. If anything, the devil, Lucifer personified, however you want to call him, however you want to picture him, should be paying homage to the king, decides he's not going to do it. He wants power. The devil wants the power, and that's the devil's sin. He can't have it. It's not his to have. The most authority that the devil can offer is the authority to start wars and conflicts between nations. Conflicts between ourselves, conflicts between us and another person, conflicts between a husband and a wife. He is the king of strife. He is not the king of the world. And so Jesus answers him. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus knows it. No idolatry for Jesus here. None in sight. All right, so how are we going with our picture? Uh, are you drawing a time uh, where people can use their powers to do something good? How do we serve God? What do we, how do we use our gifts that we've got? You all put a gift in the offering bucket earlier. What is our faith about? If God has made me creative, this is for me, if God's made me creative, and actually the best way that I can serve God is to be creative. I need to do the thing that God has gifted me to do the best. That means that if you can go to work and get a job and do something amazingly in that field and you're the only person or you have a gifting and a force towards a certain thing and area of interest, you have the heart, the ability, the passion, the experience to do something, then the best way that you can serve God is to go to work and to do that thing. If God's given you a family, it's to love that family. You need to steward these things. That is a gift to you from God and you need to administer that. If God's given you an administrative gift, then you need to administrate for the kingdom. If Christ has given us a heart to share with people, then we need to share. And as a church, we need to champion each of us sharing our own gifts and doing our own thing together as a church to celebrate these things. In utilising our God-given gifts and talents in the world, we shatter the devil's plans for disunity and chaos. Use your gifts. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. He doesn't have the power. How are we going with our pictures? Um, have you drawn a time where people can use their power for good? All right, that was power. Uh, it's all about me being in charge. The last one here, we've got the star. I want to be famous. I want to be famous. The last one, if you draw a star, uh, you can draw or write a picture about ways people can use their gifts and abilities to care for people. I think I just stepped out of the uh, range of my mic. I'm just going to move on here again. Sorry. I'd like to move about, but I can't. I need to stay here. All right. Okay, so the third temptation. Uh, as we go through our passage today, the third temptation is the temptation to use our skills and our powers 
to be the center of attention, to be famous, to show off. We want to be the star. Jesus could have used this power to do showy miracles. He could have done great feats in that instant as the devil tempted him. You could, you could be great. You could be worshipped as God here on earth. Um, throw yourself down and show us this magic power that you have so that you can be a star. Jesus could have used this power to do showy miracles, great feats. Instead, he used it to heal and take care of others. We can use our brains to get the best grades. You know, we could be uh, and win all the awards, or we could use, um, be the most athletic and the best at running about and doing games or whatever. But unless we're looking after people and caring about people as we are the best, then that ain't very, that ain't very godly. That's not in the manner of what God would have for us. And so verse 9 says, The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he says, throw yourself down from here, for it's written he will command angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you won't strike a foot against a stone. This actually comes from Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, um, and it's taken out of context because Psalm 91, verse 10 says, No harm will overtake you or befall you, verse 10, when you dwell within the bounds of what God has for you, verse 9. Contentment. Once again, we're coming back to contentment. If you seek out strife, then it will come for you. Jesus answered him, he said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Exodus 17 is where this verse comes from. Exodus 17 is where the Israelites have just come out of the um, come out of Egypt. They've gone through the waters, split miraculously in front of them, walked through into, um, into desert, but that's okay because everybody chasing after them is now dead. That's good news for the Israelites. Miraculously seen Christ, God at work as they walk through the waters. Within three days, they start complaining. We're out of water. We're out of water. We're out of water. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Ah, ah, it's all about me. I want to be well fed. I want to be nicely looked after. And here I am uh, in the wilderness. And I don't know why I'm here. I'm following after God. I've seen God do something miraculous. And here I am and I'm suffering and I don't know why. But it's all about me. It's not about what God wants. So I'm going to just complain. We can be tempted to do that. We can be tempted to do that. And it's testing God. God has shown you mercy. God has shown you the way forward to get out of your strife, to get out of the problems that you have. Here's a path. Don't do the dumb thing. Don't do the dumb thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing and you won't end up in the strife. Don't put your Lord, your God, to the test. God is doing something new in our midst. God is moving us out of a comfortable space into a new land, into an exciting time. For us at the church, for us with COVID, everything that's going on. Oh, but it's not the same. I don't like it. It's okay. Let's see what God's got for us. Let's see what 
we are going to be able to accomplish if we trust just that little bit more. Just push just a little bit further. Jesus says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all of his tempting, he left Jesus uh, at the appropriate time or uh, until an opportune time for Jesus to come back. How are we doing with our pictures? Have we drawn something uh, about how we can use our gifts um, or how we can raise somebody else up to be the star rather than ourselves? How do we take the focus off ourselves and put it either onto God or to actually bring other people, lift them up out of the areas that they're in trouble with? How do we come alongside people and bring them up um, out of despair, out of strife, out of trouble? Um, and make... Yeah, that's right. It's good. Yep. Enable them, share your gifts. Okay, so I'm going to close. Jesus in this text is overcoming all the problems that the nation of Israel had to face. Each of these verses that he's throwing back at them is actually from that time of trial, from um, that motion of going out of Egypt and into the promised land. All of our lectionary readings this week, they're all about how can we put our trust deeper in God? How can we avoid the temptations that we might fall into? How can we offer up our gifts to move forward with what God has in store for us? Jesus overcame each of these problems where the Israelites complained and grumbled. Jesus was the example that the Israelites could have done and shown the world, but they fell. They weren't able to do it. And so for us, we have the same choice. Do we want to step up to it? Our Romans reading, the last line, what was it, Pat? The last line in our Romans reading, something along the lines of, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah, read it out for us if you've got it there again. Was it? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls everyone, on the name yes. will be saved. Thanks, Pat. Not just one or two, but everyone. That's right. And so it's our choice. Do we, do we call out and we say, God, we need you to save us. We're going to trust in you. We're going to move forward and we're going to engage with what you have for us. And God says, well, whoever calls on me, is going to be saved. Whoever does that, you're okay. Let's keep going. It's where you choose to, actually, I'm not going to trust. Actually, I'm going to make myself the king. Actually, I'm going to look at what I want. Actually, no, I'm going to look at how I can make myself the best. These are the pitfalls that we are facing. Are we going to trust God's provision and be content in it? Are we going to acknowledge the absolute lack of power that we have in the world? We do. We have no power. We only have the power that Christ offers us as we engage in what he has for us. Are we going to humbly serve our community this week knowing that our own gifts are given to us from God? and for use in his kingdom plan, bringing the kingdom of God, ushering it into Margaret River, ushering it into the church, into the people that we come across and engage with throughout our week. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, we know that you, God, you protect and you save all who believe in you. Lord, we acknowledge in this space that the only way to be cut out of your love is to say that we do not want it through our actions, through our desire for money or for power. 
Lord, we know that if we do not stand for your ideas and your outworked love, then we cut ourselves off from your kingdom. Lord God, we want to be where you are. We want to be about what you stand for in this world. Lord, I just want to give two minutes for the people in this space just to consider each of these things. The crown, the star, the present or the credit card. To bow down once again to your knee. bow down to you in this place. Lord, we acknowledge your holiness. Lord, our fallenness. Lord, we trust in you for the forgiveness of our sins, the areas where we don't meet the mark of what you would have for us. Lord, in our hearts now, we confess those areas to you. Lord God, the grace that you offer us is amazing. We are just so grateful for it. Help us overcome these things, the world, the flesh and the devil. Help us to know you deeper. Help us display fruits of the Spirit to our friends, to our neighbours. Lord, let us be joyful. Let us be peaceful. Let us be gracious. Let us be loving. Let us be faithful. Let us have self-control. Lord, as we reflect you to our neighbours, to our friends, to our co-workers, we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.